G'day everyone, welcome to the Trademate Sports YouTube channel. If this is your first time on the channel or your first time visiting one of these live streams, uh, yeah, feel free to send through any questions at any point uh, throughout the podcast or the stream um, and I will get to them at, at some point, hopefully as soon as possible. Um, or anything else you want to say, just feel free to join in on the action. Um, yeah, I think um, it kind of says it in the title, as you might have seen. But today I wanted to talk about uh, just, just looking through the comments yesterday of the last live stream I did about a month ago where it was kind of just a Q&A. Um, some great questions in there and it kind of just got me thinking about some ideas for a new live stream um, and kind of, I guess, take you through kind of how my betting um, has been going the last, you know, six months to a year or so. Um, and I don't know, I guess use myself as an example of how you guys could potentially improve your own betting or, you know, maybe just come up with any ideas on, yeah, I don't know, might just spring to mind any, any things, any questions that you guys have got any queries help you guys out as much as possible. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see how we go. Got a question come in here. Are you profitable on pinnacle sports? Uh, in some areas, yes. Lifetime. Um, but yeah, in other sports, definitely, definitely not. Um, Pinnacle, the sharpest bookmaker out there, I think um, that I don't bet with them too often because I know how sharp they are. I'm willing to take them on in, you know, sports that I am very confident that I have an edge in, edge in like UFC. Um, I've had success, uh, lots of success on golf with them too. Um, but sports like soccer... Um, what other ones? I think I did esports a bit in the past, a long, long time ago. Um, what other sports? Yeah, definitely. Overall, I'd say I'm 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 winning. Yeah, I can I can be profitable with Pinnacle Sports, but I have to. It's a very like niche kind of you know strategy there because you just they're the sharpest bookmaker out there. They're very hard to. They're very hard to beat on, on most markets like your, you know, basketballs, soccer especially. So, yeah. Do you use machine learning? No, I do not, mate. I'd I'd love to say what your name is, mate. You're firing through the questions nice and early here, mate. But I've got, I've got no idea what what language that is. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Do you know how to find non-linear relationships in data? No. Look, if, you, if you're looking at any model questions, anything like that, modeling in sports, all that kind of stuff, I'm not the man to ask. And also stuff to do with robots and machine learning like you're talking about, I'm definitely not the man to ask about this kind of stuff. This is not how I, yeah, how I operate in sports betting. What are the best websites to look for soccer predictions? Do you mean like 
tips or predicting who's going to win or statistics around an upcoming game, um, that kind of stuff. Either or. Oh, mate. Yeah, maybe just give me some feedback first on, on this question here. Temple Kish. Um, but actually, before we... Um, before we get into the, before I get into what the main thing I want to talk about today is, um, I did one of the questions I did want to address that I got on the live stream last time that I didn't get to answer. It was a comment. Let me just, um, let me just get it here. It's got to zoom in a bit. So this question from Hey Hey. He says, "Hi Alex. Unfortunately, I missed the Q and A." Maybe you can give me some advice. Had some decent success with TradeMate Sports, but ultimately got limited at all the bookies. Then tried to bet the Asian markets following tipsters, but got beat down badly. Now I am struggling to see what my next step in betting could be. Maybe focusing on a specific sport or niche market and see if I can get an edge there. I know there is no blueprint, but maybe you know people in the trademark community who were in a similar spot and could give me a hint. Thank you. Well, it's a great question because, yeah, um, that's one of the issues with trademate is um, a lot of people want to continue to use trademate, but they lose all of their accounts. First things first, if you want to take you know, betting seriously and make this a long-term, you know, whether it's a, a side hustle, whether it's a um, professionally, obviously, or a, a part-time job, you need to get your hands on sports betting accounts. Your your own accounts, if you are a good sports better, will get limited, will get banned. So inevitably, you are going to have to source new accounts. Yes, you could take a different approach and go just on the exchanges or using the sharp bookies. But you have to be bloody, bloody good to be able to make money long term against those those kind of platforms. So... We're talking about just a, a minority of people that can can beat exchanges, that can beat sharp bookies. So sure, you could, when you lose all your accounts, you could then transition and say, all right, I'm going to get unbelievably good at one sport and I'm just going to bet on the sharps and exchanges. That is That is definitely an avenue you could take. But I, depending where you are in your betting lifetime, your betting career, you are going to you're going to go through a lot of a decent chance you're going to go through a bit of pain and suffering at least to begin with, because because they are so sharp and you're probably going to make lots of mistakes. And I would say early on, your ROI is going to be pretty minuscule. It's not going to be anything to, you know. It's not going to be anything that's going to make you lots of money. And if you're in a situation where the only accounts you've ever had are your own, I'm assuming your bankroll is not that great, not that big. 
and you're building a small bankroll on a small ROI, it's just going to take you a really long time to build that, to build that bankroll up and to, and to make money long-term. So sure. Yes. You could go to the Asian markets. That's one option is that you could just get very good at one sport and just use your own accounts. The only issue is you're going to have, you know, maybe if you get a broker or something, you'll, you know, have access to three or four bookies on that. You got your exchanges. So you've really only got at best probably five places where you'll be able to bet, which is just, it's not enough. But you can do that if you want. Get very good at one sport, one niche. What I would do, or what I have done myself, is you've just got to find find more betting accounts, whether it's your friends, family, etc. Um, that's just one hundred percent the best way to do it. I would I would rather be you know sourcing accounts from other people and you know have an roi of five to ten percent than be using just sharp bookies exchanges in my own name and be churning out an roi of three percent or less or not be profitable um so I would say that would be your next step is if you're happy with trade mate sports and you want to continue with trade mate sports and that's all you really want to do with your betting, you've just got to get more accounts and that's the hard way around it. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of, that kind of answers the question. Um, And I'm kind of I'm going to talk about tips quite soon, just in terms of this overall stream and what I wanted to talk about. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So I think I'll answer more of this question later. But yeah, I think, mate, that's that's your next step. Is that you've just got to find some you got to find some more accounts. Um, all right, let's have a look at what I have. Okay, Frank. Oh, some great. Thanks for all the questions, guys. It's fantastic. Are you sometimes betting on the events as they are happening to abuse the fact that bookmakers have to quickly adjust? Um, well, I mean, doing that kind of stuff is very hard to do nowadays. Uh, depending on the sport. Obviously, I don't live bet any sports other than the UFC. And, um, yeah, look, if I'm watching a fight and I'm up to date on everything that's happening, um, I, like I'm up to speed with the stream, my stream's not lagging or anything like that, and I see all of a sudden uh, a fight has been taken down or a, a fight has been rocked or the markets uh you know i've literally got 0 0.5 seconds <laughs> to to place that bet so um i can't really talk for other sports cuz i don't live bet any other sports but um 
Yeah, mate, I don't really bet on any events as they are happening, no. And it's it's a bit different for me too because in Australia you can't bet live. You have to call in to to place any bets during a game or at halftime or whatever. So for me, I have to actually, um, yeah, call in, which means that basically you wouldn't be able to – abuse you know any bookmakers that are not quickly adjusting or whatever um the only reason i'm able to bet on the ufc um live is because it's not an australian bookmaker so yeah can you name uh good sport data providers no mate so this is just not what i do i'm not a modeler i don't really use I don't use data, you know, or anything like that. Obviously, I look at, you know, statistics and stuff like that when I'm looking at some of my UFC bets or whatever, but I'm not the person to ask. Opta Sport. What are, is that what they're called? Opta? There you go. There's a good one. But I feel like they're quite high level. Yeah. Um, who's this? Webby. Webby, do you have a preference on the odds you bet at? So, for instance, do you look for outsiders or only back odds on? No, I don't, mate. Sorry. I, I kind of just, it, for me, it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, there could be value in a, uh, you know, someone that's priced 1.1. There could be value in someone that's priced 100 to 1. I don't know. Uh, I don't discriminate at all. I'd say, you know, most of my betting is betting on, outsiders generally in, in especially in the ufc um but that's just you know that's just how the, the cookie crumbles most of the time it's not like i'm you know searching for underdogs or anything like that um but i do i do advocate though for whatever you're doing whatever sport you're betting whatever um league you're betting I think it's important to be as niche as possible, especially when you're beginning. Um, and if you want to like define that niche even further and say, I am, I, I'm really good at betting on underdogs or I'm really good at, you know, betting on short price favorites that should be even shorter. I would advocate for that too. Well, especially while you're beginning, like, I think uh, the more niche you can get with your betting, the the better you, I think you'll be in the long term. Um, obviously, you're going to miss opportunities elsewhere, but you know if if you're not, as long as you're matching your turnover goals and stuff like that, I think you know if you can get really good at just betting one specific thing to start with and then expand from there. I think that can that can always help. I think one of the first things that you can do if you are like want to breach out into um, into handicapping a sport is um, it can be really difficult, I think, to, for, for instance, let's look at a sport like tennis or, you know, MMA or, you know, these like one-on-one kind of games. Oh, I mean, you could do the same for, for, for most sports, maybe not like soccer or soccer or um, let's say basketball, you know, you could bet on money line there, is to focus more to begin with on games that are 
uh, close to 50-50 odds or close to pick'em odds, whatever you, whatever expression you want to use, because they're like really easy to judge on who, like who do you think should be favourite? That's a that's a most of the time, that can be a really easy answer or you know question to come up with, answer to a question to come up with because if you're then talking about um, okay, this team should be 63% and the other team should be 37%. Like in your head, it's kind of, it's like it, it takes some advanced knowledge of the betting market to, to really delve deep into those kind of like numbers, if you get what I mean. Like I think if you're just starting on a new sport, try and focus on the the fights, the games where the odds are already very close to 50-50 and then you can, you know, it's easier to say, oh, okay, you know, this guy should be favourite or this uh, or this guy this guy shouldn't. I, ho- I hope that makes sense for people out there um, rather than deciding whether a person should be an 80% favourite or a 75% favourite. I think intuitively in your brain, it, it's a lot easier to to say, "Oh, this person should be favourite," or that, "Or they shouldn't be favourite," or "Who should be favourite in the in the outcome." Please name books. Uh, name books about sports modelling and sporting data science. Um, obviously, I haven't read any of these, but I know that there's a fellow called Andrew Mack. I've heard from from lots of good sources that they're very good. Andrew Mack, um, I'm sure you're able to find him on Twitter. I think he's got some books on that kind of stuff that are very good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I can't really think of anyone else. Sorry, mate. Jeez, I've got all these questions coming through. Bloody hell. All right, how have you found using other people's accounts? Have you managed to get paid without problems uh, so far? Yeah, I've only really had one one issue and that was nothing to do with the person. It was more so just the bookmaker themselves. So I've had no problems so far. Um, the thing is everyone's account that I've used to this day, um, I've known, like I've kind of known them personally in a way, whether it's like a friend of a friend, kind of that's as far as it's kind of gone in terms of the relationship tree. Like it's not... I haven't really used many people's uh, accounts. Well, I mean, I have worked with people in the betting space that I've never actually met before or anything like that. It's just through. But then you know they're legit because they have an online presence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But, yeah, I, I haven't had any issues yet, but I think that's mainly mostly because I'm only... I've only used accounts of like what well, family or friends who, you know, obviously trustworthy or friends of friends. So, you know, if there was uh, an issue, like it would be, a, you know, you're less likely to have an issue with a friend of a friend, if you get what I mean. Good question though, Tom. But also I would say uh, I had a podcast with, um, guy named Porter. It was probably about a year ago. 
So go check that out on the YouTube channel. But he mentioned that, you know, using other people's accounts, you know, he's basically using people's accounts that are hitting him up on Twitter. So complete randoms. Um, he said most of the time it's completely fine. He obviously has had issues in the past, but most of the time it all works out well in the end. So, yeah, there's obviously just that, you know, few small percentage of people who are, um, yeah, not great humans. Frank, are you sometimes betting on the events as they are happening? Oh, I've already answered this one. Mate, you've asked it twice. You're bloody keen. Rob Davies. I'm fat Webby. I'm fascinated by sports betting. I spent hours studying the mathematics and exchange odds for an event. I prefer to use this method method over form study. Have you ever looked at creating a system? No, I haven't, mate. But maybe that's just kind of due to the sports that I've that I've handicapped. Um, the main sports that I well, the only sport I really do is. MMA, UFC, um, and I've just recently started handicapping um, a few different niche markets in the NRL or rugby league here in Australia. Um, but, yeah, none of it really involves models. I obviously have, like, my systems and processes by which I come up with a number on a, on a fight or a, something, you know, in the, in the rugby league space. But, yeah, nothing, um, yeah, nothing model-wise. Do you have a specific type of event that you bet on? For example, over, under, assists? Um, not really. No, it's, it's kind of. I just bet. I'll bet any market in the UFC as long as I, you know, I see there's value, mate. So, but I do think, like I said before, I think when you're starting, um, don't spread yourself too thin. You know, get really good at a few specific things. Try and stay as niche as possible. What is the best way to predict a draw in a football match? No idea, mate. Um, betting professionally over six years. This is from the Horror Hive. What do you think is the best way to increase turnover on sharp betting sites but not sacrifice margin or markets market options? Um, best way to increase turnover? Well... I mean, I don't really understand. Sorry, man, I just don't really understand the uh, the question. Because I guess you shouldn't really be increasing your turnover just for the sake of increasing your turnover. Because you could be then taking negative EV bets, which is just not not worth your time at all. Um, I mean, I guess the best way in general to increase turnover is to improve your betting because then maybe you'll find more errors or, you know, more value in the betting markets and be able to exploit. But, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can really think of. Oh, hey, hey, good to see you here, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, answered your question earlier. Yeah, 
It's not easy, mate. Nothing in this bloody industry is easy. Uh, Spenny, Winning with Data, Anton Martin is a new book. Oh, Bushdale. Yeah, I should, I should have said that too, yeah. Sorry. I uh, Yeah, he's got some Monte Carlo book. Yeah, great. Sorry. It's very early for me here. That's another, yeah, good one. Um, best advice is to tend to markets. The big syndicates aren't touching due to lack of liquidity, not cost effective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, in general, I've heard this advice on a lot of other podcasts in the past, and that is, if you if you're uh, if you're looking to get into a sport or a you know particular league or something like that, uh, and you're and you're new to betting, the first thing that you should do is go to a, a Pinnacle Sportsbook or, you know, any kind of sharp sportsbook, but Pinnacle's probably the best one to go to and check the limits on a particular sport or league and whatever one's got the smallest limits, start with that sport because that means that they essentially, you know, if you log on to a, a, a game, whether it's, you know, on game day or not, I'd say, yeah, go to a sport or a league on the day the game's being played and if the limits are, you know, 100 euros or something like that, basically means Pinnacle has zero to very little, you know, those odds are not efficient slash they don't really care and they're only going to increase those limits when they're confident that, you know, they're getting the right number here. So it's a great, um, it's a good point here from Spenny is, if you are looking for somewhere to, you know, you want to start handicap a particular league or sport or whatever, find on Pinnacle a, a game with the or a sport with the lowest limits because um, that's got the less, least amount of attention from anyone. Yeah, you won't be able to bet much, but it's a good starting point. Mark, can you take your betting to the next level without using betting exchanges? 100%. Yeah. I, I, I should probably just get into my topic for today, but there's been so many bloody questions. So don't touch. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Murad here. Thank you for the live video, bro. I just find it difficult to analyze matches. Which app or website do you use? Um. I assume you're asking for like maybe, you know, football statistic websites and stuff like that. I've done a video on that before. The ones that I kind of use, but only for, you know, recreational purposes, not for like trying to get an edge on betting. You know, it's very hard to, to, to have an edge on betting just using public websites. It's almost impossible because, you know, that publicly available information <laughs> so um anyone can use it to to get an edge in the betting market so it's almost useless to you so i if i was you i wouldn't be using you know maybe it can supplement what you try and do but if you're um if you're just let's just say like a, a football website footmob something like that 
or there's like soccer, is it called soccer stats or footy stats? There's, you know, there's a million different soccer websites. If you are using that, just a public website to try and beat the betting markets, it just won't work because all of that is already factored into the, to the line, especially in a big league. So, okay, Jacob, this is the last question I'll answer before I get into everything today. Otherwise, I'm going to be here forever. Do you think that that um, the uh, advent of AI will cause end of profitable sports betting? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could. There, um, at the moment, obviously not, not at the, not at the level yet. But yeah, mate, I think, um, I think there's a chance. Yeah, that for sure. AI will be able to do all sorts of things in the future. Yeah. Will it cause an end? I wouldn't say so, but, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how advanced AI is these days, but, yeah, I'm sure that it's definitely going to change the way, you know, people can bet. But you've got to, you know... There's only, I would assume there's only so much that AI could do. So for someone like myself, you know, is AI going to be able to go and analyze fights from the past that X fighter has had versus another X fighter and look at all the footage and, you know, video that this person's always had and then be able to use that to price up a, price up a fight and all of the prop markets that come with that too. I've got no idea. Maybe they can, maybe they can't, but God, be pretty amazing if they could. I feel like at some point you need some human intervention there, but I don't know how advanced this stuff is and how far it can go. Hell, they're bloody making Kanye West songs. So with his voice and everything. So who knows what they can do. Neil, mate, great to see you. Much love. Yeah, mate, you'll have to catch up later. All right, let's get into it. So, basically, I want to talk about how I've been able to, yeah, improve my betting in the recent past um, and how I've been able to increase my ROI by just doing a few simple things. So I think I've got four topics here I wanted to cover. One would be um, obviously people know that you can follow tipsers, you can follow handicappers in, in the space. Um, but I think people are generally really bad at at following tipsers, if that makes sense, or um, being able to figure out whether they are going to be successful with a tipster or not. I think most people just go and look at someone's record on, on Twitter or whatever, whatever, wherever you're going to look at someone's record and saying, okay, they've got a 5% ROI overall, I'm going to follow them. And that is just 
such a, it's a way, way too basic way of knowing whether you're going to be profitable with a tipster or not. Um, I think in my opinion, in my, just from how I've gone, um, how I've my, you know, betting journey or whatever you want to call it. I think you are the best way to build a bankroll is to follow tipsters. It can also be the worst. There's obviously lots of, you know, bad tipsters out there, bad handicappers. Um, maybe not bad, but you know, ones that you're not going to make too much money from. But I think the best way to, to build your bankroll when you're just beginning in sports betting or you don't even have to be beginning. Like if you're really trying to grow that bankroll to you, so you get to a point where, you know, you're not even able to bet, you know, the, the logical percentage that you're supposed to. I think following tipsters and handicappers is almost the best way to go about it. And the reason I say that is if you are trying to beat the sports betting market, unless you're using the top-down approach or like, you know, the market reading, you know, steam chasing kind of method, unless you're trying to use that method, and even if you are trying to use that method, the ROI is generally very it's small, like it's only a couple of percent generally. So it's very hard to build a bankroll off that unless you're putting in a lot of work. It can be done, obviously, and it also takes a lot of knowledge too. But I mean, anyway, I'm going, I'm going off topic here, but I think generally it is the best way to build a bankroll by following tipsters, following handicappers, this kind of stuff, because they are experts you know, some of them are, some of them aren't, but generally they are experts in one area, in one sport, one league, etc. And you can't do that yourself because, you know, you've only got a, a certain amount of time on your hands to, you know, get very good at betting one sport, one niche market, whatever. So for like for myself, I spend the majority of my week handicapping 10 to 15 fights on the on the UFC so you know at the end of the week maybe I've got 10 to 15 bets let's just say you know I spend a lot of time coming up with angles or coming up with 10 to 15 bets a lot of time um so and there are other people that are doing that too and selling their tips and stuff like that so wouldn't you rather you know source that information from someone that's spending, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week on a, on a specific sport rather than you, you know, going in there and trying to do your best with an hour's research or something like that. So I think, um, I think that's just time, time efficiency wise. <laughs> I think that's the best way to build a bankroll is to follow other experts in the field the, the, the issue is, is that you have to be elite at analyzing someone's results. You have to be able to look at someone's results and say um, whether they're obtainable for you and 
or whether they're skewed either way. So um, are they only good at certain markets? That's something that you can look at. Um, so for example, let's just say, I would, let's just use my, my, my own betting as an example, because it's, let's just say I'm really bad at betting on the, the big markets like money line and this kind of stuff, who's going to win a fight, but I'm really good at, um, betting on the prop markets. So let's just say I've got a, a 1% ROI on the on the big markets, we can get lots of money down, but I've got a 15% ROI on the prop markets. And overall, my ROI um, evens out to 10%, let's just say. So you're like, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's bloody good. He's got a 10% ROI on the UFC, on, the UFC, on MMA. Um, I'm going to make a lot of money off this guy. Then over time, you're like, hmm. I'm not actually able to get a lot of these prop bets. I'm not able to um, get as much money down on these prop bets um, or, you know, I'm not able to get some of these prices. I'm getting a lower price. But, you know, every time I, I bet the, the money line stuff this guy sends out, I'm able to get the price, able to get a lot of money down. Um so, you know, over time, that's going to work out. Let's just say this, you know, myself, I had a 1% ROI on the money line markets and a 15% ROI on the prop markets, but I'm only able to get smaller amounts down on the prop markets, if anything, and then I'm getting full stakes over at the money line side. It's going to even out. So over time, you could be a loser with this tipster or be, you know, have a 1%, 2%, 3% ROI with this tipster compared to the 10 that you were expecting at the start. So you have to, yeah, be able to look at this person's results and be able to see where are they actually making their money? What markets are they making money on? Um, and how is that going to affect, you know, maybe, maybe you have endless accounts, maybe you can get access to all the prop markets and it's fine. But yeah, that's just an example. Um, you know, are you able to get the prices that they quote? Are you online when they send out the tips? Is it getting steamed in and you're never able to get the prices? Um, these, you know, these are obvious things. Are they beating the closing line? Also other things, that's another thing that you can look at. Like, I think <clears throat> I think when I when I started my sports betting my biggest or when I became professional is that my biggest edge on the market was my ability to and I failed at this sometimes is to analyze a tipster analyze a handicapper and be able to figure out if I'm going to be able to make money with this tipster or not. And yeah, there are tipsters out there that have, I know from experience that I've followed tipsters that have a 10 to 15% ROI. And then I look at my results over hundreds of bets and I was either a small loser or a small winner. How does that make sense? 
it makes sense because sometimes you're not able to bet the bet the bets that make them money, but you're betting the bets <laughs> that are very small, you know, it's profitable for them. So yeah, you need to basically what I'm saying is if you want to improve your betting, if you want to grow your bankroll, my number one tip would be get un you want to find experts in different fields and you want to um become a, a master at analyzing other people's results. And if they, you know, if you approach a tipster and say, can I see all your all your bets that you've placed, markets, etc., and they don't have it, I just wouldn't bother with it because you just don't know. You just don't know. They could be unbelievably sharp at prop markets, but, you know, you're not even able to bet them and then be unbelievably bad at bigger markets and you're able to bet those and you become a loser with them. So I think the best way to make money overall from sports betting is to become elite at following tipsters and being really good at analyzing their results because how long does it take you to, to place their bets every week? Might only take you half an hour to an hour every single week. Multiply that by, you know, 10, 15, 20 tipsters. You're getting a lot of turnover down on experts in the field. You just need to know. You need to know the ins and outs of their betting. So, yeah. That was the first thing I wanted to talk about in terms of improving your betting. Um, I'll answer, I'm seeing lots of questions coming through. I'll answer all these at the end. I just want to get through all of this first. Second thing that I've done lately, um, and I would highly recommend, there's a guy I had on the podcast about probably two-ish years ago, Jared Tendler. He's a mental game coach, um, you know, coached lots of famous poker players, esports teams on the kind of improving your mental side of, of sports betting, um, or not sports betting, but like just your mental, um, you know, how, how you're able to use your emotions and stuff to just figure out all sorts of stuff. But I'm really doing a bad job of, um, but look him up, Jared Tendler. Um, and I, I recently read his book. Uh, what's it called? Mental Game of Trading. Let me just uh, oh, let Jared down here. The Mental Game of Trading, it was called, yeah came out two years ago. I had him on the podcast to talk about the new book, but I recently read it. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, go into the ins and outs of the books, but I think it's, it's a, it's a great read for anyone who does this professionally and wants to learn more about themselves and where they can improve in terms of their mental game. It's um it's something that most people will ignore and they'll just look at the look at the X and O's of betting. Whereas um I think you can really improve your sports betting in general if you're looking at some of your own flaws when it comes to your mental game. Um so I guess yeah, listening to the book, 
following some of his strategies, you know, some of his um, tasks that he gets you to do, um, I was just able to find some areas where I was losing losing money because of my mental game and, and constant errors that I would continue to make. Um, and, you know, things like... Um, you know, little things like thinking that, you know, you have a losing week or a losing day and thinking you're the worst sports better ever, you know, those kind of things are just are normal things to, to feel at times and how you can not fix it but approach those topics with um, like what to do when that happens because I think most people when they're feeling, you know, anger, uh, what are some of the other topics that he talks about? You know, greed, uh, fear, all these kind of um, emotions. When you're feeling these things, the first thing people normally do is they go, oh, I'm not feeling too good. I'm going to take a break from sports betting for X amount of days. And it's, just, it's, it's like, um, you know, you're suppressing those feelings. You need to address them and, and just get better at maybe not dealing with them, but understand why you're feeling that way. These are all, they're all signals, you know. If you're getting angry that uh, that your betting is losing, there's probably a reason why you're getting angry. And it's not just because you're losing. You might be getting angry because you've just made another mistake that you always make kind of thing. So I would highly recommend reading his book. And it was one of the ways that recently I've been able to improve my betting and seeing common mistakes that I just make over and over. Um, you know, getting sometimes I'll just get very down if I have a losing week. And I, um, and I just don't think that that's it's fine to get emotional, you know, it's fine to, to feel that way. But are there things that you can do to address those feelings and make you feel like the world isn't going to end kind of thing? And so I guess like two strategies that I just use, really basic ones really, is that I used to always just track my, um, track my, my um my sports betting weekly like i used to always just um you know track my progress like you know what was my pnl for the week and then you know see how i'm going like that every week every monday i'd check it all out but um what i've done more recently is i've i still do that because i like to just keep up to date on how much money i've got in my bankroll and stuff like that and adjust my staking accordingly but i'm also tracking monthly and yearly now too which is something that i obviously i would know how much i'd made in the year or how much i'd made recently overall but i wouldn't actually go like oh how much did i make in may april march and it, and it just it really helps me like put my results in perspective like okay, I lost one week out of the four weeks of the month and look where I ended up for the month. Like this is just a week is nothing in sports betting. A month is really not that much either. But um, just it's just simply by going and starting to track my monthly results, it just 
you know, it, it improved my mental straight state uh, completely straight away. And I was able to, you know, use a more positive mental state to, to go on with my week and not have to take a day off or anything like that. Um, another thing was, you know, going, going, a, a lot of people probably do this already, but I wouldn't do too much of it because I just didn't really see the point of it. But um, doing like, you know, post fight analysis in my, in my case and going through every bet that I placed on a Sunday and going, all right, did I, what did I miss in that fight or what could I have, you know, improved on for next time? Was I correct in my, was my pricing correct? You know, what mistakes did I make? And this stuff like it helps you, um, not only helps you improve your betting, but it helps you, you know, talk to yourself and um, I guess explain to yourself that even if a bet or lots of bets lose for the day, you can kind of explain to yourself that it was still a good bet and I would still take that bet, you know, tomorrow if I was presented with those exact circumstances. So I think, um, yeah, I don't know if I've explained this too well because it's different for everyone, isn't it? So, but if I think if you're a person that wants to take your betting seriously, then I would highly recommend reading or listening audio book that Jared's book, especially for, um, people that trade live in play kind of markets because you're making split second decisions. And luckily for me, I don't have to make those very often. I can kind of sit back in the comfort of my home and um, write all my numbers out for a, for a particular fight and there's no time restriction really. But, um, yeah, not the case for traders and stuff like that. So I would say it would be really important if you could do that. Um, number three, and I think this is one of the reasons why I've been successful with sports betting is I think I've, I'm very good at tracking my bets. Um, it answers like every question you ever have, you know, why am I not making money with this tipster? Why do I always kind of lose this bet? Or, um, why do I feel like I, I'm always you know, I'm always losing money in this particular market, this kind of stuff. And if you're really good with your bet tracking, you know, why am I always losing money with a particular bookmaker, this kind of stuff? If you track your bets really well, your answers are right there. So it they like... I think you can build up a lot of anxiety in sports betting um, or a lot of doubt if you don't have answers to the questions swirling around in your mind and you can perform, you can get all these, you know, you can get all these biases too. You can build up a bias in your head that you're not very good at betting on one market or you're not very good at betting on, or you're not successful on one bookmaker kind of thing. And, these biases can be completely wrong. Yeah, they can be right too. But if you track your bets really well, you can answer every single question that you have. Otherwise, you are just guessing. You would be amazed at the amount of biases that I've built up in my mind over time. 
thinking, oh, you're so shit at betting this market or you're so etc. And then I go and look at my results and it's like a 10% ROI. It's like, what the hell? What have I, I thought I was really bad at that. And the complete opposite too. I'm like, I'm an expert at betting on that market or that sport. And you go and look at your results and it's like a 1% ROI. It's like, oh, I'm not actually that good. at. Like, why is that? I think, yeah, with my own betting on the UFC or following tipsters, I just make sure my bet tracking is elite so that anytime I have a question, I can answer it straight away. Because I just, I know lots of people who are just, they're too lazy with their bet tracking and they never know the answers or at least they just keep betting stuff over and over that's not that good or it's not profitable and it loses them lots of money over time. So um, this is, you know, something that I've implemented ever since I went pro and um, I would... Uh, I would highly recommend you to just become a really, really good bet tracker. So, you know, finding out, you know, tracking markets, you know, what markets, you know, finding out exactly how good you are in a particular market. Um, and I mean like a sub-market. So like, you know, for example, in the UFC, you've got method of victory markets, you've got um, over-under markets, you've got, you know, decision, no bet markets, double chance markets. You, know, you guys might not understand half the crap I'm talking about, but, you know, for soccer, are you good at handicaps? Are you good at over-unders? Are you good at anytime goal scorers, correct scores? Break up all your bets into those markets. Um, obviously, you want to track via, you know, particular sports. You want to track your bookmaker too. Why am I losing all this money at Betfair, but I'm winning all this money at Bet365? Maybe because Betfair is a lot sharper than Bet365. Maybe you shouldn't be taking any bets at Betfair because there's a reason why their price is that big. It's because the market's efficient and that's the price and you do not have an edge there. You go to Bet365, you're winning lots of money there because they're a self-bookie these kind of things. You get your answers to all these questions by tracking appropriately. Yeah. So that's another way I feel like, you know, I've been able to remove so many bad betting strategies from my game because I could go and see. It, it sounds so simple, but you'd be amazed at how poor people's bet tracking can be and how it leads them to losing money. I know it's annoying, you know, takes a lot of admin time, but saves you a lot of time too in uh, stress and anxiety probably. Um, and then lastly, thing I would say will uh, has improved my betting massively is, and I'm still not very good at it, I would say, is removing bets or not betting stuff that you're on the fence about. If you're sitting there having to convince yourself whether you should take a bet or not, most of the time you probably just shouldn't take that bet. FOMO is a real thing um, in the betting space and it's just it's just funny when I go and look at my, my turnover figures for the week and I go, oh, that's great, I'm turning over lots of money, but I sat there for half an hour to an hour and wondered, oh, should I take this bet or not, which was going to be 
1% of my turnover for the week. Like it really wouldn't have affected me whether I took that bet or not. So um, if you're having to, but this is, you know, some people might not have this issue. This is just an issue that I've had over and over and over is that if you're having to convince yourself of placing a bet or not, I think it's fine to second question, you know, to maybe not doubt yourself, but to ask yourself over and over, am I am I thinking this through? You know, what am I missing? What could I be missing? I think that's completely fine. But if you're having to convince yourself of taking a bet, then, or, you know, you're not 100% sure about it, just don't take the bet. Just don't do it. It's not worth it overall in terms of your turnover, at least in my case it hasn't been. Um, and sure you'll be pissed off if the bet wins but i reckon you'll be even more pissed off if it loses and it all evens out in the end <laughs> probably or maybe it works out that you'll be profitable long term by not taking that bet so yeah that would be it so yeah hopefully you know i've given four kind of examples with the you know removing your bets here on the fence about becoming an elite bet tracker um becoming better at reading your emotions um, and, and how you can fix those to work in your work in your favor and also just some feedback there on following tipsters and handicappers hopefully um yeah by they're kind of just four ways that i feel like i've really improved my betting over the recent past um and hopefully you know that can help you guys out with with improving your betting too um all right i'll catch up on some of these questions so we've got the um rob davies all right he says i do a lot of what ryan bruno does or recommends would highly recommend his approach to markets yeah ryan's great great fella sharp better Definitely check out his uh, YouTube channel, channel, Smart Sports Trader. Are there any public tipsters you would recommend? Do you mean public as in uh, free or um, as in you have to pay them? Um, yeah, sure, there are plenty out there, but um, this might be like slightly controversial, but I just... I would never I would never tell the public what tipsters I'm using because I don't want to lose that edge. I mean, I, I understand people want to like empower people and say, um, you know, that you should go out there and say, you know, say, oh, this, you know, this tips is great, made me lots of money. Um, you know, help the tipster out in a way, get them more subscriptions. But I'm, I maybe I'm just not a good person. But I would really, I really don't want to use. I'm not saying that I'm famous or anything like that. But I don't want to give anyone, anyone there. Uh, I want to keep the profits all to myself. I don't want a tipster that I've been using for years or months or whatever that's made me lots of money. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to make them more famous because <laughs> then, 
they're not going to be around any longer. I'm not going to be able to get their prices. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Willie. Uh, just overall, mate, I'm not going to share tipsers that have made me money. Maybe I could give some recommendations of tipsers that I know are good, but I just can't really utilize them. But maybe one day I'll be able to utilize them again. So, sorry, mate. Uh, is it true, this is from you, Small Fish, is it true that bookmakers place bets at other bookmakers to balance the book for sports events? Um, I think bookmakers definitely most likely do place bets at other bookmakers, especially like, um, so let's just say like a sharper model, um, you know, like a pinnacle or a, you know, the, the sharper sports books, they profile their customers and they say, all right, this customer has been beating us for a while now. He's obviously very sharp. We're going to move off his action well and truly. Um, but we also want to kind of steal his stuff and bet it elsewhere. So, you know, let's just say you're a sports book and you're taking big bets from someone and over time you're like, fuck, this guy's bloody good, beats the closing line every time, he's beating us. Why wouldn't you use his information or her information and go and bet it elsewhere yourself? So for sure, but I don't think, so I guess I'm not really answering your questions. I would say I would say it's probably true that bookmakers are placing bets at other places. Well, I know that for sure, but um to balance their books is the key part because I don't, yeah, I think that's a bit of a myth that the bookmakers are looking to balance their books. I think that's very much a myth. Most bookmakers are looking to uh, get as much EV as possible. And if that leaves them quite exposed in some areas, so be it. That's from what I've heard from the industry. They don't really care about, um, you know, having $100,000 on one side of the market and $2,000 on the other side. If they're on the sharp side, they'll they'll uh, they'll run their luck there and you know they're just like they're basically sports betters bookmakers you know just the other side of the coin uh hello mate j1r he says list the top three sports pinnacle are sharp at in order Oof. yeah i don't know mate i would say probably number one would be well just go and look at their limits <laughs> whoever's got the whatever um sport they have the biggest limits on overall it's and then rank them one to three that's probably what they're sharpest on they're taking a bigger bet because they're bloody confident in their odds but i would say number one's probably soccer i would assume um yeah Uh, I wouldn't have a clue about bet online mate i've never placed a bet with them so i would have no idea sorry mate um what you small fish what kind of countries do you recommend that are best to do professional sports betting as in getting access to smart bookmakers internationally um well i guess the, the best places to to bet from professionally are going to be the ones where you can get the most uh bookmakers from and also don't have you know like, for example, like the UK has probably got the most bookmakers 
that you can, you know, the most places you can go and bet from, bet to, sorry. Um, but I believe, I know I'm not too covered on the situation, but they've got, you know, all these laws in place now where they're checking your, you know, financial situations. They're only allowing you to deposit a certain amount of money. So maybe that's not the case anymore for a professional sports better that, you know, if some, I've heard, you know, people say that you can only lose like a hundred pounds a month or something like that from sports betting in the UK. Like that is just not viable for a, for a professional sports better. So that's, that's important to look at too. Um, You know, are you having problems depositing money? Like I know people in Norway, living in Norway was quite tough depositing money into to bookmaker accounts. Um, so that's another thing you got to look at. Um, I mean, the US is probably a very good place to be right now because they're kind of, you know, booming in terms of, you know, they're all just, they're kind of just opening up everything now. Uh, I know some of the bonus welcome offers are humongous. So that's a very good place to be right now. I think Australia is very good. We've got lots of bookmakers here. Um, and, and generally just comparing some of the limits here compared to um, the UK and Europe and stuff, I think you can generally bet a little bit more here at some of the bookmakers on certain markets. So, yeah, they, I mean, it's impossible to say who are the best places to be at, but you know, probably right now, if you're just beginning, um, um, I would say, um, yeah, the US probably very good right now. Lots of uh, lots of big, you know, free money essentially if you just use match betting with the welcome deposits. Um, J1R again, he says there's a positive yield for bet online using TradeMate. TradeMate uses Pinnacle to calculate the edge. If that's the case, does that mean Pinnacle is sharp, sharper than bet online all round? That you can't really say all round, mate, because you know certain play certain bookies are going to be sharper on other sports than others. So I would assume that Pinnacle are sharper on soccer than bet online. I would assume. I think that's a pretty safe guess to take so sure if you're using pinnacle as your benchmark pinnacle as your efficient sports book once you strip out the margin then you know and there's a difference there then you know i'm sure that there's there's probably an edge there i mean if if it's showing that bet online that there's a positive edge there um on a certain sport then sure yeah and yeah a trade mate um, you know, users, I don't want to go into like the exact way that they, you know, the algorithm works, but yeah, they use sharp bookmakers like Pinnacle to come up with the true odds on an event, on a, on a game. So, yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Well, Willie's said the same kind of thing. I actually got limited using TradeMate on Bet Online from winning so much. So, yeah. Yeah, Bear says, I missed your question. Sorry, mate. Let me just go back up. Um, I can't actually see. 
Sorry, mate. I might be uh, I might be going mad here, but I can't see a question. So maybe send that through again, mate. Um, Webby, hi, mate. Sorry to ask another question. That's all right, mate. By the way, last call for questions because I'm um, I'm getting a bit tired. Sorry to ask another question, but if I had the balls to finally go pro, how much bankroll would you think is needed and what bankroll did you start with? Um, I started when I went professional. Um, I think it was only like 30 or 40K, and that's AUD. So I don't know where you're coming from, but... Um, the Australian dollar's weaker than, um, you know, US dollar, euros, pounds, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think I only started with 30 or 40K. The, I mean, you just got to, the, the question you've got to ask yourself is, <clears throat> how much am I turning over and how much is my edge? So, um, yeah. I mean, it's a simple ROI calculation, really. So if you're able to turn over your bankroll lots of times every week, but your edge is, you know, minuscule or very small, you've just got to work out, like, how much money do you need from sports betting to to sustain whatever lifestyle you need? If you need to make $1,000 a week, well, if you have a bankroll of 40 thousand dollars whatever um and you're turning that over once every week so you're betting forty thousand every single week and you've got a um a five percent roi let's just say so what's five percent of forty thousand that is two thousand dollars i think is that right yeah is that right? Yeah. $2,000. So is $2,000 a week, um, is that enough money for you? Maybe. For most people, that's decent-ish. So, yeah, you just got to ask yourself, you know, this is a simple math question, really. How much money are you going to turn over and what's your edge? But yeah, I, I like I said, I started with thirty to forty k. The issue is, when you're starting with a lower number, is you've got to pay yourself at this at you know you've got to pay yourself and then also build your bankroll at the same time. Or you don't have to, but that's what I wanted to do. So you know, I've been able to pay myself at the same time, but also um, build my bankroll up to to what it is now. Yeah, I think Neil's kind of um, just repeating what I said there. In the UK, like, yeah, like I said, used to probably be the best place, but maybe not anymore. Uh, what sport is bet online week at using TradeMate as a benchmark? Oh, they're just having a conversation here. Um, Babylon Julius, I missed your question too. Why am I not getting...
Babylon Julian. Sorry, guys. Oh, here's one. I have spent a lot of spent a lot in paying tips as where can I get the best tips on football predictions? Yeah, mate. I just uh, I actually don't even think I follow any football tipsters. So I'm not the man to ask, but there are plenty of good ones out there. Um, yeah, I just don't want to, like, I know ones that have been decent for me in the past. I can't really use them now in some cases, So, but one day I might need to use them again. I just don't want to really advertise any tips as Maybe I'm a shit bloke, but I don't really want to advertise any any tips that I've got a big edge at because I don't want to lose my edge in the future. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, there's no more questions. Wowee. I'll give you guys a couple of minutes just to fire through anything else. But if this is your first time on the Trademate Sports YouTube channel, please... Uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe, give this stream a like if you've enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, yeah, but I've got, I could not find your, um, maybe I'm not getting, just post your question again because I can't, I can't see it. I can see what you're writing now, but not your question. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah, do all the good stuff, subscribe, like the channel. Um, you can, if you want to follow me on Twitter, there's not much exciting stuff going on most of the time, but at Alex Vela underscore, if you've got any questions you want to ask it best, you message me there. That's where I'll be, you know, able to answer you. We'll wait for yeah, Bear to copy and paste his question or write it again. Sorry, mate. I just can't, I can't find it anywhere. <clears throat> Oh, here we go. Shouldn't we set up a similar networking event for other? I mean, yeah, sure, mate. Let's do it. I, I don't really understand. Are you talking about like, I mean, in terms of networking events, there's there's Bet Bash in the US, which I've heard great things about. So I'd recommend going to that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of going to the next one in, uh, in August. Um, I mean, I'd love to go, but it's just, a, it's just a, it's just a matter of money and, you know, <clears throat> it's a long way to go for me. So being from Australia, so um, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, maybe I will go, but it's still two months away. Maybe I might go, but yeah, I mean, I'd love for there to be something similar in Australia or, um, you know, Europe. I mean, yeah, more the merrier. So, yeah, let's do it. But, yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do us for today, guys. 
Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope everyone's got something out of today. I'll try and do these live streams a bit more regularly now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Bear says maybe a trade mate can set up something in Europe. Mate, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really the man to ask. You'd have to ask Marius. I'm not, um, yeah. I'm not really, this is all I do for trade, mate. I don't really work for them in any other capacity. So, um, but yeah, maybe trade, mate, could do something. But, yeah, I think uh, I mean, Vegas isn't too far away from Europe, is it? Maybe it is. Not so great with the geography. I think it's on the other side, isn't it? So Vegas on the, Vegas is on the west coast, isn't it? Let me see if I'm right. Could have made a fool of myself here. Yeah, it's on the west, or not the west coast, but it's on the west side. So maybe that's a bit further away from Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I know that it's, it's, uh, it's expensive, but... I think it's probably worth your time if you're a professional. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think it's worth your time if you are a professional with a decent amount of money because you could make some really life-changing connections there. And it sounds like it's a fun weekend. Like, I mean, how, how much are the tickets? Aren't they like $500 or something like that? But I looked at the what it includes and it's like, open bar for four nights in a row so you probably i mean if you're looking for a good time <laughs> you're uh you're probably making your money's worth there well and truly um oh it's nine hundred dollars oh okay that's quite a lot isn't it even then i mean if you're a big drinker that's probably no not the worst thing ever yeah Anyway, I'm going to go. J1R is right here. I'm, I'm very, I'm very tired. I need to rest up. Um, <clears throat> but thanks, everyone, for watching. You can follow me on Twitter at, um, at AlexVella underscore. If you've got any other questions, hit me up there. Um, but, yeah, thanks for watching. <clears throat> like, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff. And I will <clears throat> hopefully see you guys in... Um, you know, in a couple of weeks, we can run one of these again. They seem to be uh, reasonably popular. See you guys.